Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. I can understand probably if it's your first time here, you're saying, wow, what is this ABC of wow thing? It sounds a little bit weird. And if you've not been on the journey, I completely get that. But essentially, it is our take on Isaiah 61, which points to Jesus and the gospel. And uh, as Tando has already said, you can find a bit more information about that um, on, the, uh, on the podcast available on the website. Isaiah spoke about this and Jesus quoted it in Luke 4 uh, when he read, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And what we have just seen in that picture of, of Samuel and, and, and David being anointed as king was essentially uh, uh, the Old Testament version of what anointing represented. Originally, the anointing was to do uh, with uh, oil made from aromatic oils, incredibly fragrant. Uh, but shepherds would anoint their sheep. Uh, and that anointing was to protect the sheep from mites and insects that might burrow into their ears uh, uh, and uh, cause severe irritation and in some cases even death. So they smeared this oil over the sheep's head uh, to bring that level of relief and protection. And it got me thinking because in Psalm 23, uh, David, who wrote the psalm, says he anoints my head with oil. It's the, the Lord is my shepherd psalm. And if I am declaring that the Lord is my shepherd, then I'm also declaring I'm a sheep. And, and therefore, he makes his anointing available. And I was thinking in the same way as the sheep is protected from the mites that burrow into their ears and, and affects them. I, you know, I, something that you might not realize about me is that, you know, over the years, sometimes my biggest battles have not been with the devil. It's been with my own mind with my own thought life. And I have had to speak over myself and confess over myself that he, speaking of the Lord being my shepherd, anoints my head with oil. I've confessed it for years, knowing and believing that that anointing can protect me and help me think in the right way. And I know I'm going slightly off-piste in regard to the message, but I wanted to give an opportunity today. If, you know, maybe, maybe it's not mites, but there are thoughts that like mites that burrow their way into your brain and influence the, you, the way you think and fill you with fear and anxiety and you find yourself in cycles of thought that you don't want to be, maybe even bombarded by certain thoughts. And I want to say today that, that 
the Spirit of God, through the anointing of the Spirit, is able to break that cycle and to bring help and healing to our minds to help us think in the right way. And I know that over the years, as God has helped me, I know that maybe He can even help you tonight. Maybe tonight there can be a breakthrough. So I'm going to pray. And if you want to respond how you want to respond, if you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to even uh, place your own hand on your own head, then uh, I want to pray and believe that God is going to do something. Father, I want to thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke. I want to say thank you, O oh God, that you are the God who by your Spirit can influence our thought life. And I pray right now that through the power of the Spirit, oh God, you will release to us that kind of anointing that will enable us to, to take authority over our thought life and cause it to submit to the name of Jesus. Father, all negativity, all fear, all anxiety, all guilt and shame, I pray that it would bow the knee in the presence of Jesus. I pray, Father, that not only would you rid us of those negative thoughts, but you would fill our minds with good thoughts, with peace and hope and freedom and liberty. I pray, oh God, that you would deliver us from everything to do with worry and that, Father, you would help us to think about the future as you would have us think about the future. Father, we believe today that, that strongholds are being broken through the power of Jesus Christ. The power of the enemy is being broken over our thought life in the name of Jesus. Everything to do with depression, everything to do with insanity, in the name of Jesus, we break its power over our lives and we believe that we shall, we shall have the mind of Christ. We shall walk in peace and freedom and we shall have a sound mind in the name of Jesus. And everyone said who believed it. Amen. Amen. So when you think of the original picture of this, those sheep being anointed, the, the, the anointing became symbolic of blessing, protection, and empowerment. And going forward, the anointing represented that someone had been chosen, set apart for God, particularly in regard to kings, to priests, and to prophets. I want to say to us that we are in the business where we have to give credence to the sacred. That we, we, there are some things to do with our walk with God, to do with things that we, in the arenas that we operate, where we have to understand that this moment is a sacred moment. To quote the king here, he said, it is only when the holy oil touches me that I am transformed and brought into direct contact with the divine. I am forever changed, bound to God. And it gives us a little bit of an insight and understanding into what we saw at the beginning of the service where Samuel anointed David. That actually is another part to that story and that is to do with David's predecessor, Saul. And Samuel was involved in anointing both. In 1 Samuel 10, 
He says this, that then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? Then in 1 Samuel 16 we read, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Let me say, Saul was someone who man had chosen. He was king because man wanted him to be king. And the scripture tells us that he was anointed from a flask made by the hands of men. But David was anointed king because God wanted him. Remember at the beginning, he said the Lord, the Lord had seen David's heart and seen that he was worthy. And he was anointed king because God wanted him. And he was anointed not from a flask made by the hands of man, but he was anointed from a ram's horn. In order to be anointed from a ram's horn, the ram had to have been sacrificed. It gave David some indication of what it would cost to carry the anointing of God on his life. Because to carry the anointing of God comes with great privilege and great cost. When David was anointed, in that moment, everything was different. When the anointing of God comes upon us, everything is different. Everything is changed. Although that might not be readily understandable from what you see with your human eye. Because the truth is that whilst the anointing came upon David, he still looked like a shepherd boy. And he still went back to looking after the sheep. See, when the call of God touches us, when the, when the anointing comes upon us, then we need to understand that, that there is a timing aspect to the release of that anointing. Just because I get the prophetic word, just because God speaks to me, it doesn't mean that that is the day that everything changes. Everything may change, but for a while things may look the same. Because there is a time that that, that will be released in God's good time. That anointing will be released. And we need to understand that, that the anointing comes upon us. That is God's responsibility. But the character, the heart that carries the anointing is my responsibility and your responsibility. And it is only through allowing God to do something in my heart, in my life, to allow God to build uh, the muscle of my character that will allow me to carry the weight of the anointing. If I say it like this, then... You've got someone like Samson in the Bible, powerfully anointed by God, but his character did not measure up. 
he had a problem. And the prob his problem with lust caused the anointing that was there to bless him and to bless others to actually blow up in his life. It blew up everything in his life because he had not allowed the Spirit of God to do a deep work in his heart and life. In the clip in the crown, in the cr of the crown we've just seen, the king was anointed on his head, on his heart, on his hands. And I was just thinking, you know, that we need the anointing on our thinking, on our mind, so that our heart will be right, so that we will do the right things. That is, that's why, that's why we need the anointing of God on our life. Now, of course, for, for David, a, a ram laid down its life. But for us, it was a lamb that laid down his life. The lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, what was once physical oil associated with the anointing is now the Spirit of God at work in our lives. The Old Testament shows us the visible oil set people apart. We could watch the oil pouring. In the New Testament, through Jesus and by His Spirit, we are set apart, but the Spirit is invisible. The Old Testament was the visible oil. The New Testament is the invisible Spirit. In the Old Testament, there was only some that were set apart. But in the New Testament, through Jesus and by His Spirit, we are all set apart. Revelation 1 Verse 5 to 6 said to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Through Jesus we're all made kings, priests, and if you like, prophets. But whilst we're all set apart to do something, we're not all set apart to do the same thing. We'll talk a bit more about that next week. So to help us grasp this glorious concept of the anointing, for our purpose, purposes, we summarize it thus, that it is a special application of God's Spirit in our lives for the outworking of His Purpose. Let me say that again. It's this, the anointing is the special application of God's Spirit in our lives for the outworking of His purpose. See, the oil is a picture. The Old Testament picture of the oil. The anointing of the Spirit is not oil, but it's like it. It helps us grasp something. When David had been anointed to be king, it was represented by physical oil. But in the New Testament, 
The anointing is represented by the Spirit of God. Now, I don't want to just talk about something. I don't want us to just have head knowledge because what we are talking about is so much more than head knowledge. So I want us to try and engage, help us to understand what this might feel like. We know that something or someone is anointed when we sense the Spirit of God. What do I mean by that? Well, essentially what that is, is that we become more aware of the Spirit of God. It's not that we get more of God in that moment. You know, God doesn't filter himself in. He's, we can't slice him up and we get a little bit more. He is fully present. He is here. We don't have to invite him to be here because he promised that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he would be in the midst. So we, we work on the promise. We trust him. As Tando helped us to understand. We trust him that if he said he's going to be, he is here. However, there are times when we feel there's something more, there's something special. But that isn't that we're getting more of God. It's that we, our sensitivity to his presence has been heightened. So we become more aware of the presence of God. When God is present by his spirit, there will often be a sense of peace and well-being in the room. We may feel a bit emotional, a bit stirred up. Something seems to be touching us deeply and we can't easily explain why. When the anointing is present, we might have a fresh sense of understanding of an aspect of who God is or a truth about him with a new level of clarity. When the anointing is present, a new sense of being revived, refreshed, or being free on the inside. We sense that something is going on and I'm not making it happen and you're not making it happen. The anointing is the God factor. And as we have heard, it takes us beyond the human and connects us to the divine. But the anointing isn't just something that impacts me, it's something that also flows through me. So it's not just something that I receive, it's something that God causes to flow through me, through and by the Spirit of God. When I'm operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the special application of God's Spirit in our lives for the outworking of His purpose, what does that feel like? Well, the evidence can look a bit like this. The Holy Spirit will help me say the right thing at the right time. He will help me do the right thing at the right time and to great effect. 
I may have insight into a person or a situation that goes beyond what I am currently seeing or my experience. Let me put it this way. It's a gut feeling. It, it's the Holy Spirit, but it's a gut feeling. There's just something that says, mm, there's, something, there's something going on here. My brain, it's not that my brain is, is understanding everything that's going on, but there's a gut feeling that there's something going on. That is the Holy Spirit operating. Sometimes I feel when the anointing is flowing through me that the words I am saying are not just my words. Let me put it that, you know, it's like maybe you're encouraging somebody or you're giving someone advice or you're talking to someone and you hear some things flow through your mouth that you're thinking, mm, that's good. What, I said that? I'm going to write that down. You know, it's like there's something flowing. It's, 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 it's something more than me. I, I, I know times in my life where God has sent people along knowing that I would encourage them because He wanted me to hear flow out of my mouth what I needed to hear. You know, sometimes if you need to be encouraged, God will send you someone along who needs to be encouraged. And as you encourage them, God will use your mouth to encourage you. You know what I'm talking about? The, the presence of the anointing in my life means the results of what I am saying or doing go beyond me and what I am able to do on my own, even in my most talented moment. I want to say that, and this is something that I've learned over the years. There's no doubt that, you know, God will, God doesn't just look at talent. He doesn't just look at what we do. You know, as we heard at the beginning, the Lord said, do not consider his outward appearance. He was speaking actually about David's brother, Eliab, who was good looking, he was strong, he was charismatic, he looked like a king. The irony being that was, that, that was exactly how Saul had been chosen. Saul had been chosen for his physical attributes because he stood head and shoulders above everybody else and you say, hmm, he looks good. So he looks like he could be king. I tell you, I've been on the road long enough now to understand that it's not the way we look that makes us a leader or a king. It's about our heart. God says, don't look at his appearance because I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. He may look impressive on the outside, but what's going on on the inside? That's what I see. So, I think it's kind of obvious that God is going to bless and anoint the heart, what's going on in the heart. However, I just want to throw in to really mess with your head that God will anoint whoever He chooses to anoint. It is entirely up to Him. I can't buy the anointing. I can't behave myself into the anointing. I can't make myself anointed. I can't act anointed and presume to be anointed. The presence 
of the anointing is not proof that I am living the perfect life. It is merely proof that by His grace, the Holy Spirit is blessing this moment for the outworking of His purpose. We've got to understand that God will anoint who and what and when He wants to anoint because there are a lot of dynamics going on in the room. If and when God anoints me as I speak, it is not for me and for my benefit. It's for you. Do you understand that? God has you in mind. I'm the vessel. I'm the drain pipe. The water comes down. God is looking to bless you. God is looking to impact you. The anointing is given to proclaim good news to those who are living below their God-given potential. The anointing brings healing to the broken heart. To those who are imprisoned by limiting thoughts and behaviours, the anointing leads people into freedom and understanding. The anointing brings comfort. The anointing calls beauty out of the burned down, burned out fragments of my life. The anointing takes your tears and replaces them with joy. The anointing takes our despair and turns it into songs of praise. We need to understand that in what we are seeking to do, we absolutely need the presence of God. Without the touch of God, without the presence of God, without the anointing of God, we are mere limited humanity having a go. We are Superman in the presence of kryptonite. We are Cinderella and it's past the stroke of midnight. Without the anointing, the church is like a high performance car, but without the oil, the engine has seized up. All it can do is sit there and look good, but it can't go anywhere. We need the presence of God. We live in a generation that needs the presence of God. It's not about wise and persuasive words. That's why you mustn't get confused by what's going on here because you could walk in and think, oh, you know, it's all about the screen. It's all about the lights. 
It's all about the A's machine. It's nothing to do with that. That is just window dressing to get you in the shop. But when you're in the shop, you better make sure there's something on the shelves that's worth buying. You better make sure that what's being advertised in the window is actually available in the store. We are, the only way it will work is if God helps us to make available in the store. That, that is what will change people's lives. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how amazing the screen is, it's not going to change your life. But, but God through His Spirit can cause an image to come through it that will change your life. His presence in the meeting will change your life, change the way you think, change your attitude. His presence can change your heart. His presence can heal your heart. His presence can make the difference. His presence can give you the answer that you need for that situation that you're going to face in the week. His, His presence can give you the answer to that relationship problem that keeps coming up again and again. We need the presence of God. It's not just about gathering a crowd and having a show. We, we come together because we're building people. And when you build people, you will build church. When you come here, we are seeking to equip you so that you can leave this place knowing that you're carrying something that will impact your real life in the real world you live in. In the vision booklet that we made available on Vision Sunday, and if you've never had one, you can go to the Hello Point, and I'm sure they can arrange for you to have one. We talk about the seventh hand. It actually came from a sermon that I heard by a guy called Jensen Franklin. And uh, it comes from the, 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 uh, the book of Ezekiel. And it talks about a biblical measurement, a very common measurement in the Bible called the cubit. The cubit was this measure, literally from here to the fingertip. It was, it, that's the measure. And that measure is six handbreadths. Six breadths of a man's hand. And man's hand has produced many great things. Man's hand has built cities and explored space. Man's hand has painted masterpieces like the Sistine Chapel. It can also perform microsurgery. Man's hand has done incredible things. But in the book of Ezekiel, when it came to the building of the altar, when it came to building the things of God, when it came to building the house of God, Ezekiel was told not to just use a cubit. Don't just use the six handbreadths. Use Six handbreadths, a cubit plus one hand. It's the seventh hand. See, I, I can't produce that. All I can bring to the table is my six handbreadths, my cubit. That's all I can bring because that's all I've got. And God needs that. God wants to use your hand. He wants to use what you can bring. But He wants us to also understand that when it comes to the building of the house of God, man's hand is not enough. 
We need the seventh hand. We need the seventh hand. We need the Spirit of God, the presence of God. Because I need to bring my hands, but I need His hand. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Psalm 127, Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. God's, God anoints to a point. God anoints by His Spirit to do a deep work in people's hearts and lives. And it is also a reminder that the anointing, the presence of God, the power of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit is not only for here. It's not for us to have a good time together and then we all go and crack on with our lives. The anointing of God is not only for in here, it's for out there. We need the anointing of God to be a great parent. We need the anointing of God to help me in my job. We need the anointing of God to help me influence my office. I need the anointing of God to help me teach that class. I need the anointing of God to raise a family. I need the anointing of God. What? I don't know. To, to, to sit on reception and, and keep my cool. Whatever it is I do, I need the anointing of God. The presence of God. It's the presence of God that makes the difference. And I know, I know that I felt the presence of God many times when I've been on my own. But the most powerful times of the presence of God are, are with the family of God. When we gather together when we see together, when we believe together, when we trust together, when we praise together, when we press in together, something is released that isn't released when I'm on my own. In the presence of God, I am restored and refreshed. There's a great verse in Psalm 92, verse 10, in the New King James Version. And it says this, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. I have been anointed with fresh oil. I love that. I love that because the thing is, we do need to be anointed with fresh oil. Where I'm tired, where I'm worn out, where I've been given out, where I've been on the road a long time. I need the presence of God, a fresh touch from God. Touch my heart, touch my mind, refresh my body. A fresh anointing, a fresh sense of His presence in my life. Fresh strength. Because sometimes life's hard. Let's be honest, often life is hard. 
and I give out and I give out and, and, and I need that strength that only God can give. That takes me beyond my own natural capacity and helps me win where I would ordinarily fail. Helps me overcome where I would usually back off. So today I didn't want us to just hear about the anointing. I wanted us to experience His presence. For all that we're on with, for all that's going on, for all the stories that are represented in the room, things that are hidden behind the smile, He knows and He is is here with fresh oil for you. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.